that was going so well. I was just, I forgot to come up. I was, I was being entertained. That was great. Praise God. Man, I'm excited to share with you guys uh, this morning. Could we do something different this morning just off the bat? Would you, um, could we just close our eyes right where you're at? And I just want us to, to begin to worship the Lord and lift our voices. I'm not a soloist, so please help me out. But I'd really like to just, let's just sing that chorus we were just singing. Glory to God, glory to God. Sing it to him this morning. Glory to God forever. Sing it again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forever. Take my life and let it be. And take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life and let it be yours. Sing that again. And take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life and let it be yours. God, we glorify your name today, Lord Jesus. And God, we truly do. That is our heart's desire this morning. Is that you would take our life and let it be all for you and for your glory and for your honor and for your praise, Lord. In Watford City, in the surrounding region, in the places, God, that you will take our lives over the next six months, over the next six years, that, God, every moment of every day, that, God, it would be to your honor and to your glory that you would take our life and let it be all for you and for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just felt like that was, we needed to just open our spirits up this morning to what God wanted, because that's really what we're going to be talking about this morning, is to allowing God to utilize our life to full capacity wherever we're at. But you know what? We're entering into the Christmas season, and we're going to begin a Christmas series this morning entitled, Some Assembly Required. Some Assembly Required. You know, uh, it's the worst thing that can happen on Christmas morning. And, uh, you know, my wife buys about 95% of the presents and wraps about 95% of the presents, okay? And uh, there have been years where she's actually wrapped her own present. I know that's a fail. I apologize right now. I'm just being transparent and very human before you guys, okay? And my staff know this, and they're just laughing right now, and my sister does too, and uh, all of these things. But, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen on Christmas morning for a dad is all of a sudden the kids are unwrapping all of these presents and, and they hand you one of these boxes and it says the dreaded words, some assembly required. Anybody ever been there before? Or you get one of these packages and you go, how could, how could a bookshelf that looks huge be in a box this big? I don't understand. And some assembly required. That phrase is the reason why employers give people full days off for Christmas. That's why. Because if you had dinner plans and you have one of those gifts, some assembly required, that you have to put together for your kids, dinner's going to be late. Okay? Kids can open gifts at the speed of light. But some assembly required, it's like an all-day process. But at least, you know what, I've noticed that they've gotten smarter with these some assembly required things. How many remember the day when they, when they gave instructions, but the instructions were just, they were terrible. I mean, they didn't even have, they didn't have pictures. 
Some people remember those? Yeah, there's a couple people with their hands up there. It was like someone in a foreign language made these directions and then translated them in English just for like a, a challenge. He said, let's see how many dads can actually put this thing together on Christmas morning for their kids. So it's this incredible, but you know what? Now they're, they're getting smart. They've actually began to include how many of the items are in the instructions. How many items? Like they'll say that there are eight bolts, 16 nuts, 45 washers, and now they even give you the tools that are needed. You know, the ones that test the patience of Job. Like you're putting together this huge thing and and you're putting it together with tweezers and a mechanical pencil, you know. And you're sitting there going, oh man, we're almost done, kids, you know. And you're on step two of 45. Man, but I, you know, I remember when... um, when they didn't tell you how many parts were actually in the thing, I remember that. I remember because what would happen is, whenever I would do it, my wife would say the famous last words, honey, why are there parts left over? And I would say, ah, they just throw in extras. But for some of you compulsive people that can't do that, you're like going, I have to take this whole thing apart again. And I have to put it all back together and find out where the three washers are that I didn't put on the whole thing. And so I didn't mind having these. I can imagine the person, uh, they're, they're like for the compulsive people, they're working in, the, in the, the factory and they've got this bag of Christmas, you know, the toy, the bag of all the parts. So they go, oh, four nuts. One, two, three. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and they were thinking of you. So... But the worst part was when you started to put things together and then realize that you didn't have all of the parts. Like that was really bad because then you have to, you have to figure out, do I embarrass myself to death bringing this thing back when it's half assembled and look like a complete idiot at Kmart or whatever? Or do I take it all back apart and put it in the box and, and return it or something like that? But, you know, all of these things, you realize that when you assemble something, Regardless of what it is, when you assemble something, you need all of the parts. When you assemble something, you need all of the parts. It doesn't matter if it's a bicycle, a dollhouse, a pool table. Every part is needed in order for something to function correctly. And it's the same way with the church. It's the same way with a church. Every part of the church is needed in order to function correctly. So this morning, we're going to do an inventory check on Watford City Assembly of God. Within the four walls of this church this morning, we're going to do kind of like an inventory check and see if we have all of the parts needed. And I'm going to find out uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 whether we have them all or not. So why don't you take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. And we're going to look together through God's Word. And we're going to see if we got all the parts When Paul was writing to this church in Corinth, this local church, he said that they had a body with many parts and how all of the parts worked in unison so the body could function together. Each part was extremely important, functioning with purpose and within the whole of the body. So we take our Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 
Uh, Hopefully you're there already. And we're starting at verses 4 through 6, and we're going to read this way. Reading from the New Living Translation, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. There are a few things that we want to catch out of this section right here. The first one is this. There are many different kinds of spiritual gifts, but God is the author or the ultimate source of all of them. So all of the gifts that are present in this room, God authorized, he created, he ordained you to have those gifts and for you to sit in this room. So all of the gifts. And then it says that there are different ways that each of us serve the Lord and serve each other. Other translations say ministries. We all have different ministries. We have different ministries, but we minister for the same person, which is God, wanting to do his collective work through all of us for his purpose. And then it says that God works in and through all of us, all, every person, every person doing their part, God is working in and through to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So if we compile all of these together and we make one statement, I would say God has given each of us spiritual gifts to perform specific tasks for his purpose. God has given each of us, every person, God has given each of us, can you say that? Each of us. us. Very good, just don't want you to fall asleep. Each of us, God has given each of us specific gifts to perform specific purposes. And what is the purpose that each of you are gifted for? I think the next verse tells us, verse seven, it says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us, say each of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. That's what all of the gifts were designed here. It says each of us were given spiritual gifts so that we can help each other. Other translations, if you look in your Bible, it says the manifestation of the Spirit. And what does that word manifestation mean? If we take our our English word manifestation, it means this, an event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something. So what it's saying is that God working through us is the manifestation or it's the embodiment of God, the Holy Spirit, in each of us. As God works through us to help each other, God is accomplishing his purpose. He's manifesting or showing himself through us. And then the scripture goes on to tell us that there are many different kinds of gifts that each of us can have. And so they explain, here are some of the gifts so why don't you look as we read this and think about some of the gifts that maybe you have or a gift out of this group. But this isn't all-inclusive. There are more gifts than just this section. But it says in verses 8 through 11, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the, the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift 
each person should have. So we determined before that everyone had a gift, right? Everyone? That means every single person that's sitting in every single seat in this room, everyone, and God actually handpicked you to have that gift, whatever that gift is. He, and, and you know what? This morning we don't have time to dive into all of these gifts and deci- dissect every single one and figure out all of those things. But basically what I'm trying to express this morning is the body of Christ, or a local church even, is given many different gifts of diversity for a reason. That we're all gifted differently for a specific reason and for a specific purpose. You see, there are many other gifts mentioned in Scripture. Some of the other gifts throughout the Bible are there's a gift of compassion, hospitality is a gift, even leadership is a gifting. In Romans, it says there are people with the gift of encouragement. That's all they do. That's what they're purpose in the church is that God has placed them in a body or in a community so that they can be a gift of encouragement to other people. So, God has divvied out all of these gifts, and as diverse as they are, throughout all of these churches so that we can help each other and work in harmony, and we can accomplish far more together than any of us could individually. That's what God has designed the church in that way. And the reality is, is that every part is desperately needed to do what God made it to do. Do you realize that the gifting that God gave you is desperately needed for our church to do what you were designed to do? So if we continue on, as Paul explains, through an example of the human body, to go even further, he gives this example. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. It is with the body, so it is with the body of Christ. Many of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share in the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part, but the foot says, if I'm, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a, an eye, would it make it any less a part of the body? Then catch this, verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, how would we hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? You see, God has ordained amazingly in the Bakken area right now. He has brought people from all over the nation and he has kind of planted them all right here. In one place that at one time, not too many years ago, was very desolate and there were a lot more people leaving than coming. But in some incredible way, God has taken people with very diverse backgrounds, very diverse lifestyles, very diverse um, uh, growing up and culture that they have, ethnic backgrounds, all of these things, and he has transplanted them all right here for a specific reason. And for a specific purpose. Isn't that incredible? That here you thought that you came for a job or you came because things were do, weren't going so well at home or whatever. But the reality of it is, is that God said, you know what, Seth, wherever you're at, Seth, 
God said, isn't this amazing that God said, you know what? I have a lacking in the giftings in the area in Watford City, North Dakota. So Seth, I'm going to ask you if you'd be willing by my Holy Spirit to leave your family, your friends, the security of all of these things, and would you be a missionary and come here and be the part of the body that I desperately need? Isn't that incredible, man? That God loved you that much that he said, yeah. And you know what? I'm sorry to pick on Seth, but there are a lot of other Seths in the room, aren't there? There are a lot of other people that your life would have been a lot different. You probably wouldn't have written chapter 12, Watford City. <laughs> right? But yet, interestingly, whether you've been here for five months or 40 years, it's interesting that God has placed you here for a reason, for his purpose, so that you could be the part of the body that he wants you to be. Each of us were made completely different for a purpose. It's so that we can accomplish way more than if we were all the same. That's what God's saying. He says, I don't need a whole church full of noses because they just go, man, it smells bad all the time. But we do need one or two noses that say, hey, body, take a bath, because it smells bad all the time. <laughs> but we do need different parts for different reasons and different, we were all created differently. We're all very different. Thad is here on the front row, and he's going to help me out for just a minute. Thad, why don't you stand up, and I want you guys just to, an illustration, just come up front with me here for a second. Thad. Thad and I played college football together. He's a good guy to have in front of you. I know it. God created Thad differently than me. If you put football pads on this guy and a helmet, people run in the other direction. Okay? I was about 185 pounds, a lot thinner than I am now, and, and I just ran away from people. That was my job as a football player. And so Thad, um, his job was to run into people and make them not want to run into him again. That was his job. My job was to run away from people and never get hit by anybody, okay? So here's the thing. If Thad and I traded roles, I was a wide receiver, if we traded roles, no matter how much you trained me to be Thad, no matter how much you said, Sheldon, here's the technique that you need, here's, here's all of the things that you need to understand, here's the blocking schemes, these are what the plays are, all of this, you could train me and train me and train me. I'm never going to be 6'3 and strong as an ox. But Thad is, because God created him that way. And he created me differently to do a different job. Thanks, Thad. He's a great visual illustration for that. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. When we think about the body of Christ, a lot of times we all think, well, I'm supposed to be everything to everybody, when the reality of it is, not everybody here is 6'3 and strong as an ox. That God created us just in a special way. He created us all differently, and it doesn't matter that, that we're different, it's the fact that all of us are created to do a specific job or a specific thing. All of us are designed differently by God. The body has different parts because everyone has a different job to do. 
Paul says it pretty plainly. If we were all an eye, we couldn't hear. If we were all an ear, we couldn't smell anything. When we feel different and out of place at times, it's because we are different, but we are never truly out of place. Does that make sense? You see, guys, verse 18 explains it really well. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Isn't that cool? That God has placed every part right where he wants it. That he's created places for you and the people that you run into and all of the, 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 the vast net that each of us is created to be, all of us intersecting with different people's lives across this entire region, God has given you the ability to minister to people that I'll never meet. And you'll have the opportunity to talk to people and befriend people and love them and and have the opportunity probably to share the reason for the hope that you have in this lifetime. And I'll never speak to them all the days of my life. I'll never have that great opportunity that you will have. You see, God has created the body different, many parts, but God has put each part right where he wants it. Just like our human body, God designs the church to function through diversity. A variety of people, all gifted differently, individually, being obedient to accomplish God's desires in a city, region, or ultimately around the world. The local body functions the best when everyone comes to the realization that they are not just wanted in a body, but they are desperately needed. You see, guys, each person in this room, you're not just wanted. You were handpicked by the king of kings to sit in this room. You are desperately needed. Every single person. Do you think that God brought you here just for fun? No, he said, I am in need of certain kinds of individuals. I need ears and feet and hands and eyes and ears all over the Bakken region. I need people's lives being touched and impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I need diverse giftings to do it. I need diverse kinds of people to do it. I need people with different giftings and different uh, backgrounds and people that, that understand uh, drug and alcohol addiction, and I need other people that understand growing up in a church, and I need other people that understand uh, living in a liturgical church lifestyle. I need all of these different kinds of people so that we can accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish. So lo- local church functions best when everyone comes to the realization that they're not just wanted in a local body, but they're desperately needed. God needs you to accomplish what you were designed to do. So let's jump down in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to verse 27. So we're going to shift all the way down to verse 27. It says this. All of you together are Christ's body. Each one of you are a part of it. At the beginning of our message, we determined that it was very imperative that when assembling something, you have all of the parts needed to assemble it. You can't have a bicycle or a dollhouse or a piece of furniture if there are pieces missing. It will not function correctly. And the same thing happens in a local church. We cannot function to our full potential if people are refusing to be the part that God wants them to be or chooses to be disconnected from the rest of the body. We can't accomplish the things that we're supposed to. 
And God wants us desperately to be all interconnected and working together to play the part that God created us to play. Guys, if Paul the Apostle were standing here this morning, he would be super excited. He would be excited about what God is doing in Watford City. And if he stood in this pulpit this morning, I believe that he would say to us today, he would say, listen, all of you together are Christ's body. Each one of you is a part of it. Do the job that you were created to do. Do the job you're created to do. Don't try and be so much more. Don't try and be so much more that, that, that you're trying to eat cereal with your foot or something like that. It just doesn't work right. But don't be so much less that the body is actually inhibited or you can't accomplish the things that you want to. Like when you have a cold and your nose doesn't work and you try and smell a flower or something like that, it just doesn't work right. It would be the same in a body, the body of Christ, that if certain individuals stopped using their giftings, it would inhibit the whole body so they couldn't function correctly. So every week when we get to this point in the message, we come to a place where we have studied the scripture and then we ask ourselves, how can I apply this to my life personally today? Each one of us. How can I apply this to my life personally today? I think there's a couple biblical principles that we can grab here this morning and this is it. So the main biblical principles, number one, is this. God wants to work through all of us differently to accomplish his plan in Watford City. God wants to work through all of us differently to accomplish his plan in Watford City. You know what, guys? How often do you think of yourself as a part of the amazing plan that God has in this city or in this region? Do you ever think of yourself as that way? because that's really what you are. Each of you, regardless of your age, regardless of your educational background, regardless of your income annually, regardless of what what, uh, race, nationality, whatever, it doesn't matter. All of these things, those are non-players. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is this, is that every single person, do you come and understand that the plan and the purpose for your life is to be here right now to accomplish God's plan and purpose in this region, in this city, ultimately in this nation, and really around the world? How often do you think of yourself? How often do you think of yourself that way as part of God's amazing plan? Each day when you wake up, do you say, you start by saying, listen, God, I know that you have great things in store today for me to do. And you know what? It might not be easy. It might be a difficult day, but regardless of whatever it is, God, we're ready for it. And I'll do whatever you ask of me today and we'll accomplish all the things that you created me to do in this moment. What would our city and region look like if a group of individuals this big woke up every morning thinking that thought. What would happen? It would be amazing. Think of the impact that sits in this room on a daily basis of the people that you rub shoulders with. Thousands of people every day coming in contact with the plan and purpose of God for this region every single day. And all you have to do is be who God created you to be. It's that simple. That you be the person that God created you to be. So God wants to work through all of us differently to accomplish his plan in this region. The second biblical principle is this. 
God has supernaturally gifted everyone in this room for a specific reason. Do you know what that reason is? This is the reason to help others. That's what it is. Scripture tells us that. Remember verse 7? It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help others. Want to memorize a verse this week? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help others. That's why we're gifted. That's why the Holy Spirit empowers us is in order to help other people around us, is to make an impact on this world. What you do, or what do you do each day that makes you feel like you are truly accomplishing that something that God wants you to do? What makes you feel, maybe the easiest way that I can describe this, I was trying to word it correctly, but when does a nose feel the most like a nose? That's what I'm trying to ask you. When does a nose feel the most like a nose? It's when it's smelling a beautiful rose. It's when you walk out after a spring rain and the the cleansing in the air that that only your nose can come alive to and, and, and sense that in that moment. When does a nose feel the most alive? My question for you is this, is that in all of the giftings, talents, and abilities that God has given you, when do you feel the most alive for him? And that should give you a key to understanding when you are utilizing your giftings to their fullest capability. When do you feel the most alive for God? If you're an encourager, when do you feel the most fulfilled in your life? Maybe you're in this room and you're feeling unfulfilled in your giftings. A lot of times we utilize our giftings to help us rather than helping others. Sometimes we take the spiritual gifts that God has given them and we hoard them to ourselves. But you have to understand that if we utilize the giftings that God has given us in the way that he designed it to do, then what happens is when we utilize those giftings to bless other people, we get fulfillment in our life. That's the byproduct. That we get that sense of the nose that goes, mom's baking bread again. Right? Right? When we're doing what God created us to do, it brings the fulfillment inside of us that we're doing what we were created to do. So God has gifted every single person differently in this room, and he has a specific purpose for your life to affect the lives of other people. So what is God wanting me to do is the question that you need to ask. What is God calling me to be? Tony Campolo shares, shares a story about how he was walking to, in downtown Philadelphia and he was walking in kind of a rough area of the neighborhood and as he was walking past, there was a, a person that lived on the street, a homeless person. And this man had a great big beard and he was very unkempt and he, he, was, he smelled very bad. And as he walked past, the man was holding, clutching this cup of coffee that you could see the, the, the steam coming out of. It was a cold day. And the man, the man had just taken a sip and did this. Mm. You know that feeling when you take that first sip. How many are addicted to coffee? Let's just have a hallelujah. Okay, we'll just pray for you after service. All right. But <clears throat> he had just taken a sip and he did that, what all addicts do, that mm. 
And then as Tony Campolo walked by, he saw the man do that, and the man looked at him, and he stuck the cup out, and he said, want a sip? And Tony was walking by, and he goes, kept walking, and then something in his heart said, you just offended that guy. You need to turn around. Now, I'm not advocating drinking toxic drinks from people you don't know or anything like that. But what I am saying is this. Tony turned around and he went back and he said, you know what, sir, if you would still offer it to me, I would like a drink of that coffee. So he took the coffee and he took a sip. He said it was all right coffee. And he gave it back to the man and he asked the man, why did you ask me if you wanted a sip? And this is what the man said to him. When God gives you something good, you ought to share it with someone else. <laughs> Famous preacher, Tony Cabalas, preached to thousands, maybe even millions of people. His ministry was taught by a homeless man on the street of Philadelphia in that moment. But guys, think about it this way. If each of us have something good that God has given us, it is our right, or not our right, it's our privilege, it is really our Duty, yeah, great word. Keep coming, whatever you want. Just say it right now. You know, uh, when we, it is, it really, what you have been created to do, the good things that God has created in you and through you and for you are not just for you, but they are for others. They are for other people that we can say, you know what, God has so blessed me in this way and I want to turn around and bless other people. Guys, when God gives you something good, you ought to share it with someone else. If only we could catch that, the heart of the homeless man on the street that day. If each of us could come to the realization, the understanding that God has given us something incredible He's given each of us, each of us, no one excluded this morning, every person sitting in these seats this morning, every single person, God has given you something good, a special supernatural gift of his spirit. He has given you differing gifts in diverse ways and in diverse areas so that you can bless other people. So that when God gives you something good, you ought to share it with someone else. See, guys, we're heading into the Christmas season this morning, or this morning as we headed into our series today, and we're heading into the Christmas season in December, and we live in a a special place right now in Watford City. This is a special place. There are people from many different states that are sitting in this room today. They're from many different states and even different countries that around the world have come to this place for such a time as this. And God brought together this body of believers here today for a special reason and a special purpose. God has blessed our church with an amazing gift today. Do you know what that is? It's you. No matter where you've come from, whether you've been here all of your life, for this moment in time, for this window of opportunity, the gift that God has blessed Watford City with is you. It's you. But the question is, will you allow your gifting when you've been blessed, when God has blessed you with something, will you hoard it to yourself or will you be willing 
to share it with someone else. When God gives you something good, you really should share it with someone else. You are the blessing that God has brought this church. You are the one that God called for this specific moment and for this specific season. You are the part of the body that is desperately needed for us to accomplish the full function that God has in this region and in this place. Will you simply surrender to God's plan and purpose for your life today? Let's pray today. Father, we just love you today, Lord Jesus. And this morning, every person in this room today, God, we all, we all want to be that person, Lord Jesus, that you have given something good to and that we ought to share it with someone else. And so, God, the giftings and the talents and the abilities that sit in this room, God, I pray for those people this morning, right now, that you have felt as though your giftings are subpar, that maybe you have lacking in the area of giftings, that God has not blessed you in any special way. I pray right now that those lies that the enemy have been telling you for this many years would be broken right now and you would come to the revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit that is present in your life in this day and in this moment and that those giftings right now that have been dormant for many, many years would begin to spring up in Jesus' name. God, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that in a powerful way you would begin to bring wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation would begin to come upon the minds of your people today, Lord Jesus, and that, God, they would come to an understanding of the pivotal role that they play in their workplace, or, God, the, the, what they play in the, in the many different uh, lives that they intersect throughout this area or this region. We pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that you would begin to, to break out those talents and those abilities, God, that you have blessed bless them with. We pray, God, that the full body would be in action. And for many years, Lord Jesus, maybe the body has been short a few giftings or short a few uh, talents or abilities, short a few extremities, whatever we want to say, God, we're praying, Lord Jesus, that the full body would be in full action from this moment forward. God, I pray as you move out of this place, out of the four walls of this building, God, that your body would be in action across this entire region. Father, we pray against, or we we pray uh, that you would break down denominational lines, that the full body of Christ would be able, Lord Jesus, to sweep across this region, God, that you would begin to fill not just this building, Father, but many other buildings across this region, Lord, as people are drawn to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we're praying, Lord Jesus, that you would use your people in this area, that you would use your body in fullness and in wholeness, that each person would understand the purpose that they live out every single day, that they would wake each morning understanding that you have a plan and a purpose, that you have destined them for that moment in that time, and that we would live, Lord, in that responsibility and live in that way so that we would understand, God, that you are doing something incredible and that we get to play an incredible part in it. So God, I pray that you would use each person individually, diversely, differently, God, across this entire region so that many people's lives would be touched and changed, that we would have something good and we would want to share it with others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, bless you guys. Go from this place and share it with others.